Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge. Today is the Wednesday after the Memorial, also known as March 7th. We will have A.J. Risley on later after I do a little bit of news and, uh, and information that I think you guys need to know. And then we'll also have Holly Finley on as a special guest. And Holly, A.J., and I will have a discussion about tea times and the best way to set tea times going forward. So that's all coming up later in the show. First, let's do some quick recap on Pro Tour news. Uh, the first thing that I want to touch on is the memorial. Uh, huge congratulations to, do you guys know who won? I, I hate to do a spoiler. Simon Lazat, who beat out Eagle McMahon. Uh, he went into the final round, I think, two strokes ahead. No, maybe three. Oh, yeah, he was two strokes ahead, and then he beat him uh, by one on the final hole. So uh, he went in two strokes ahead going into the final hole. He was still two strokes ahead. Eagle McMahon made a, a tremendous run at an ace on the final hole, fell just a bit short, went OB. He ended up carding the bogey to lose by three. A great win by Simon Lazat. Uh, I think it's Simon's first Pro Tour victory. And uh, he was uh, he was extremely enigmatic and uh, and very happy to get that under his belt. And on the other side, uh, almost the exact opposite story: Paige Pierce running away with it. Uh, if she'd hit some more of her circle putts, circle one putts in uh, in the first couple of rounds, she could have won by twenty. Um, an incredible show of dominance by Paige Pierce. Very well done. So those are our two champions from the first tournament of the season. And uh, as we all know, tour points matter. And uh, right now, Simon Lazat and Paige Pierce lead the tour points. So after Waco, maybe somebody else will, will win and not necessarily lead tour points. But after one event, that's the way that cookie crumbles. So in, in other tour news, we've got coming up in a week and a half, uh, starting next Thursday, uh, is the Waco Charity Open. That uh, will be going, I'm going to click the broadcast schedule right here. So it's Thursday, March 15th to 17th, and it starts at 4 p.m. Eastern every day. The live, the live broadcast will start at 4 p.m. Eastern every day. So get ready to sit in front of your TVs. We had a bunch of watch parties. The Pittsburgh watch party was the best watch party for the first event. They had a little over 20 people or maybe right at 20 people. Seth, Seth said that they earned the 20 people prize. So I don't know exactly how many people they got. And uh, that was a fantastic showing. Um, my home course of Maple Hill had eight people watching, which was fun. Those guys were up in the game room having a good time watching the live coverage. So Maple Hill, step it up and see if we can pass Pittsburgh and uh, maybe be the number one watch party. If you would like to do a watch party, um, shoot us an email or to, or to go to dgpt.com slash watch dash party. Um, and find out more information. Sign up. We want to get Seth's goal is at the end of the year, we want to be able to tell our sponsors, yes, we had 40,000 people watch the live broadcast. Additionally, we had thousands of people. He said 1,000, but I'm going to say thousands. Thousands of people watch the live broadcast at watch parties. These people are into it. They are excited. They are discussing what's going on. They're debating. They're probably throwing beer. Everybody's having a good time. So that's what we want to be able to tell people. So if you uh, go to watch, go to our watch party page and uh, and find out a way you can either hold one or go to one that's near you already. Uh, next week, we will have a conversation with Dixon Jowers about foot faults. 
everybody probably knows by now that there was a foot fault called by Nico on Ricky, uh, I think during the second round uh, at Vista. And the, um, it was not, the call was not seconded. So all, all of the correct things happened. Uh, but I think it opens up a little bit of a can and we'd like to take some of those worms out and look at them. And we're going to do that with Dixon Jowers next week. And is there, was there one more thing? Oh yeah. Speaking of Dixon Jowers, um, I'd love to know what people thought of the circle zero show. So, uh, what's happening is for example, at the Waco, we're going to go live at four o'clock and then the, the first card, the final card will go off at four 15. 15 minutes, uh, we're going to have Dixon Jowers putting together what we call the Circle Zero Show. It's going to go over uh, news. In, for the first day, it'll go over news, any injury reports, some fantasy thoughts. Um, and then he'll go over, he'll interview a player, he'll find some local hotspots and do a, a lot of nice pieces about the area and about the event that kind of get us into the feel of what we're, go what we're about to see, who we're about to watch, and why we should care. So uh, for our first time out uh, and Dixon's first time doing anything like this, uh, fantastic job. I was really happy. And we've already put some things in place that are going to make the next iteration even better. So uh, I'd love to know what everybody else thought of that Dixon Jowers' Circle Zero show. And uh, next week, maybe we can take some of those comments and we'll, we'll give them to him right before the Waco starts. So hopefully he won't have time to react to them. Just kidding. Hopefully he will have time to react to them. Um, and then uh, we're about to bring AJ onto the show. And then uh, after we do a little bit of, hey, AJ, what makes you tick? And why are you such a ridiculously happy person? We'll bring on Holly Finley. Maybe we'll bring Holly on some other time and ask her why she's a ridiculously happy person. But th this time we're going to ask, we're going to discuss with Holly and AJ how we should set tea times at Pro Tour events. This is wonderfully, this is a conversation that needs to happen and is, is becoming important. Uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to AJ Risley, and I'm going to say, hello, AJ. And, uh, and <laughs> I just muted myself. I meant to unmute AJ. <laughs> Who's in control here? All right. Did, it, did that work, AJ? Can you talk? Nope. All right. How do I undo that button? There we go. How about now? That's perfect. You maybe yes, you can yes. undo it. All right. Hey there, AJ. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Steve. Steve Dodge. <laughs> Gosh. So, AJ, we had a conversation in a car about a week ago. Yeah. And uh, and it was we introduced the concept of the tea times. I think you also told a very funny joke. And uh, and I don't think any you yeah I don't think anybody even uh, heard any of that conversation because it turns out that the cell signal in your car is not very good. Oh yeah, my car's Wi-Fi was you, maybe you didn't have the right password. That's were you on the were you on the the two G or the four G <laughs> Wi-Fi network for my I think previous? You just said it was G. I think that's all. Oh, it was. Yeah. So uh, AJ, you were sitting there with a beautiful smile and a. Not a beautiful mustache, but is that a mustache or is that a shadow? I don't know. It's getting there. All right. Give it give it 25 more years and maybe that's, so, that's yeah, that's that's that sounds about accurate. That's a that's a phenomenal piece you got going on there. Oh my gosh. There's you know, life 
is unfortunately full of regrets sometimes for some people and you just gotta live with it i guess <laughs> uh believe me aj i understand <laughs> so oh my God. but in but in all seriousness one thing yeah about you as a person i've heard many people tell me i love watching aj risley he's been uh last year you toured for real the year before yep. you were kind of dipping your toe and seeing where you stood um right and everybody loves watching you because you are just a happy person um i personally have never seen you aggravated but i suspect there have been times when you are aggravated why are you so yeah. ridiculously happy yeah. Um, um, I don't know. That's, no, that's, that's uh, a good question. Are we getting a little feedback? Okay. I'm not getting any feedback at all. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it just goes back to, to how I was raised, um, growing up. Um, and on that note, uh, hi mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say it has a lot to do with, with, uh, with my parents. Um, uh, they just they they made it really easy on me and and I've kind of had some time to think about it uh, recently and they really they really never you know judged me or or pushed me towards towards any anything in particular you know other than than uh, than staying healthy and um, staying in school and and things like that you know as any good parent should do but really they. They didn't. Uh, they didn't put a whole lot of pressure on me. You know, I I look back at my childhood and I feel like I was I was my own person. Um, I didn't. I wasn't really like the coolest kid. I, I didn't. wasn't the most popular or anything or the most uh, you know athletic or even the most smart sometimes. But um, <laughs> I don't know. That was that was fine and. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they really taught me to, to enjoy, enjoy life and enjoy the experiences and, and the people, people that I get to spend time with. So, um, I think that's, that's a big part of it. And then when it, when it comes to disc golf, um, in particular, uh, when, when I started playing back in, in 2004, when I was 12 years old, um, I just, I just played with my dad and really the most, the things I remember the most were like the, the road trips that we took. And they were like maybe sometimes like a week or two at a time, but we would just go and find new courses to play. And really that just, you know, we had fun experiences that, um, like I said before, really there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. And that was, I think that was probably the most helpful thing when I was starting out playing that, that, that helped me, you know, fall in love with the game and just the the flight of the disc itself and the beauty of the country that we that we get to live in and you know how this sport that we play kind of utilizes that that uh landscape and so you know it's never really it's as i'm kind of moving up the ranks you know it's yeah it's kind of turning into my my job but still it's you know it's i still sometimes think of it as you know that fun thing that I um, did on weekends with my dad. So that's a, that's a perfect way to bring it back. Um, yeah. your, your parents say, enjoy life, be yourself. Um, 
you might not be the most smartest, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Dang. Um, oh man, not the most smartest. <laughs> but you, I mean, I don't know about the most cool, but you know, before, but I know that now you're probably one of the top three coolest people in this podcast. Nice. So, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm shooting for every day. So, um, <laughs> When, when you say that your, uh, your parents kind of let you be who you wanted to be, I know when I'm talking to my daughters mm -hmm. uh, and I ask them to do something, for example, I say you can, you can do one of two things. You can either say, okay, dad, and you can do it, or you can say, why? And like, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to instill in them the concept of why. And that's, a, yeah. in my opinion, a really important thing. And every parent's going to have a different thing that is super important to them. What, what was super important to your parents when they were raising you and letting you be who you wanted to be? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my mom kind of, she would, you know, a lot similar along this, you know, similar lines as that is she would say, sometimes she would say stuff like, uh, when it came to chores. Yeah. In particular, um, you know, she would try to, she would want me to do them without being asked to do them. So that, that was, there was something there. Um, I know that my dad also, when it came to chores and, you know, pulling weeds or cutting the grass or whatever, whatever else, things like that. He told me, he told me that, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you got to put all your effort into it. You know, don't just, don't just half ass something. Sorry for the all the kids out there watching when but, the network when cbs picks this up we'll bleep that out okay good you know <laughs> but you know so so those were those were important things you know put put everything into it and i and um i definitely i definitely look at uh at golf the same way you know if you're if this is something you know this is something that i really want to succeed at and that i really care about so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and practice without without, you know, someone being like, Hey, let's go practice. Or I'm going to go and, you know, fi figure out my tour schedule and sign up for tournaments without people telling me to, to do it. I want to do it on my own. And, and then once I've got that all set, you know, I'm putting everything into it. So those kind of things. And then, I don't know, as far as, as far as trying to stay upbeat, um, I learned, I learned in college that, that life goes on because I was, wasn't the, wasn't the, it took me a little longer than, than most to graduate with the, with a bachelor's degree. Um, going back to that whole, not the most smartest. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but there was just, there were a few, a few times where I knew I was, uh, I wasn't going to pass a class. And so I maybe would have to take it again. And I was, I really started stressing over that. And, you know, like, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm kind of like, letting my parents down and letting myself down. And so I would just be like, Oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. But then I realized, well, the, the next semester is going to roll around and I'm probably going to still be alive to enroll in classes. So yeah, life goes on. It's not something, something like that isn't the end of the world. So that, 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 kind of, that, that definitely opens up, opens up uh, the realm of possibilities and doesn't, make things always seem so bleak. So it, it sounds like uh, they, they did a very good job of grounding you. And as you said, letting you be you 
and experience the world. And uh, it, I think if you give a kid or an adult an opportunity to be who they want to be, there, there's a higher probability they are going to be happy. Yeah. So, Speaking of the word grounding, I, I, I don't think I'm not trying to brag, but I don't think they they ever really they I don't think they ever really grounded me. So maybe that was, you know, we had we had a, we had a very trusting relationship. So that helped. So I'm I'm going to ask you another question, and and then, then we'll wrap it up with this, and then maybe we'll see if Holly was ever grounded, and then uh, and then we'll go into the tea time conversation. So, okay. but AJ, I wanted to ask you uh, when you were growing up, uh, was there was there one event in your life that you just thought was was either very entertaining or was very funny? Not that you thought that that sorry that we would think was very funny. Or very entertaining. Did do you uh, did you have an interaction with an ice cream cone? Uh, and I don't have any idea what you're going to say. So if you did have an interaction with ice cream cone, that's that was very uh, prescient of me. But what what uh, was there one really fun story that you can share with both of our listeners, uh, not including us? Okay. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that we might want to get to the world out there and, and let them say that AJ's pretty cool. Oh man. Um, so like not exactly disc golf related. I would say not disc golf related. I'm going to say between the ages of, of five and 15, was there something super funny or super cool, um, that you did or that happened to you? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, you can can pause as long as you want. Cause when I release this as a podcast tomorrow, I'll just clip out this little section. So oh, all this, of you, okay. all of you watching on YouTube, this is like bonus footage. Oh yeah, this is behind the scenes. Uh, I don't know something cool or fun or exciting or entertaining that. Uh, Did you go on a trip and fall out of a roller coaster? Anything? Yikes! No, <laughs> no, not quite. I don't know. Um, shoot, that's a tough one. You, you want to take a pass? Yeah, if uh, if I think of, uh, if if something comes okay. to me, I'll I'll let you know. I don't know. Yeah. It was yeah. We and we can talk about it after the tea times if we want, and sure. uh, and that's probably a good, this is probably a good time for us to get ready to bring Holly in. But I will tell you, I didn't I didn't think about this when I said this out loud, but I was probably projecting. I didn't fall out of a roller coaster, but I was going on a corkscrew once. Oh, my glasses flew off, and my dad in the corkscrew of a roller coaster just reached out and caught them what the heck it was one of the most insane things ever (laughs) wow so with that i think it's time to introduce holly and then the three of us are going to have a conversation and uh by the way i've never had three people on the show at the same time so thank you both very much um I've barely ever had one person on the show. Um, (laughs) So with that, I'm going to introduce Holly Finley. Hello there, Holly. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing fantastic. It's great to see you. And uh, it's fun because I absolutely love AJ and his smile. And I have to say, the first time I ever saw a picture of you, I was taken instantly by your smile. You have probably the best smile in disc golf. Well, that is a very nice compliment. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> well, you're you're very welcome. <laughs> Dang it. AJ's all upset. <laughs> um, 
So, but uh, the reason, Holly, the reason that you're on tonight, and I'll, I'll switch back to me for a second. The reason that you're on tonight, uh, and AJ as well, AJ and I had this conversation a week ago, but almost nobody could make out what we were saying. Yeah. Um, and then it, we, you made a post in our, uh, in our, in our uh, Touring Pros Facebook group that talked about, hey, is this something, how, how should we assign tea times? I misunderstood what you said, which is, I think, good, because I didn't like what I thought you said. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, but, we, but we could have had a good conversation about that as well. Right. Um, but uh, I think your, your point was, was more about should touring pros, when should touring pros tee off is basically what you were asking. And I'd love to start with this conversation. I'd love to start with you and let you frame maybe the first perspective and then we'll, we'll sort of meander from there. Okay. So uh, first, I'd like to say how much I and I'm sure everyone on tour and spectators as well appreciate all the work you put into the pro tour. And we all think it's really amazing that you want our feedback. And not only do you want it, you listen to it, and then you implement changes that we suggest. So, you know, that's basically the first time ever some of us say that that sort of stuff has been done so quickly. So we're all very thankful for that. Um, about the tea time thing, um, it was in response to a comment that you made on the live feed. Um, and from what I understood, basically you were suggesting that possibly in the future, um, you were considering the idea of giving the ideal tea times um, to the actual touring pros who are out on the road doing disc golf for a living um, versus whatever someone might consider not an actual pro that just shows up to play a random event or a local or however you want to classify the other category. So I just want to basically state that I think that the first card should be random. You know, the best people are always going to be the best, no matter who they're with. And like the saying goes, the cream rises to the top. Mm -hmm. And I think it is only fair that if we're all paying the same dollar amount for the entry fee, that we all have a random chance to get grouped like the PDGA suggests. They have best practices for grouping cards. Um, and everyone, no matter who it is, gets a chance to play in an equal field at the beginning. I don't think it's fair that everyone pays the same price and then maybe somebody looks at the registration list and says, look at this Joe Schmo MPO player rated 900. We are definitely not going to put him with Eagle and Simon. Let's stick him at 7 a.m. before the sun rises and wet tea pads <laughs> because he's a nobody, you know? That's basically what I'm here to say is completely unfair. And although I have been the pro on tour, I spent $30,000 a year touring, you know, for two years in a row. I understand how much you want to have the best conditions and be with the best players when you start. But I also understand how it feels to be a nobody in entering the sport and want the opportunity to be on the card with an elite player, you know. We all pay money to get there. We all pay for accommodations. Some of us are using our vacation time to go to one of your events. And if you were to stick a male player in a crappy tea time with a bunch of other low 900 rated players, when maybe 
This was their chance to show their sponsor they could play on the card with someone elite level. Maybe they need that push. You know, I just want to make the case that it should be fair for everyone in the beginning. We all get the same chance. There should be the random shuffle or however the PDGA suggests. I know they have the best practice for grouping cards. Um, but that's basically my stance on the situation. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and first of all say uh, I agree entirely with everything you said. This is going to be a super short debate. <laughs> okay. Uh, however, however, I, I will also say that there there is another side of it. And I also agree with everything that they say. Mm -hmm. So one of the interesting things to me and, and I, I sincerely appreciate the, the significant compliment you gave me to start your, your talk. Um, I, I think it might be my, sing, my singular superpower is the ability to, to hear and accept ideas that kind of go against what I was thinking and understand, hey, they might be right. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the interesting thing is I can also, maybe this is a, uh, an anti-superpower, I can hear ideas that seem to contradict and understand that they're both right. Right. And um, the opposite side of what you said was uh, is if you're a touring pro and you get slotted with a 7 a.m. tea time, you have a significant and it's dark or it's just barely not dark right. um, and it's cold and it's windy and the sun is coming up and the weather is changing dramatically over the course of your round. You have a significantly uh, you have a significant disadvantage to the person going off at noon, say. Right. And uh, is it right to randomly give somebody a disadvantage when if they went off at the same time, they would be shooting the score, the same score. But since you went off earlier, you you lose two or three strokes. Maybe it's a better idea to put all of the players with the same ratings or the same tour points or, or some, some way of categorizing players and put them all together at the later tee times so that they can play in a, on a level playing field, recognizing that that 900 rated player, uh, we're very happy that they're there, but they, just like the other guys, they kind of have to earn their way up the tee time ladder as it were. And that's the, that's the opposite point. And Holly, before I get back to you, I'm going to go to AJ, who we're going to say, AJ, do you have a third point? And we'll see if AJ has another system or wants to support anything else that we've said. To you, AJ. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think that the randomization of, of uh, you know, appointing tee times, there's the word, um, I think that randomization – kind of nullifies the the advantage and disadvantage a little bit or it at least takes out the uh um you know any favoritism for anybody so it really it really kind of makes it more fair you know right. if if you if it's published ahead of time okay here's here's a new rule for pro tour events or even the P PDGA could come in and say here's a new rule for eight years and above all of our tea times and groupings are, are, you know, mandatory that they are completely random. Then that really, I, th I think that kind of makes it the most fair for the players. 
But at the same time, the players aren't really the ones that are the players themselves aren't the ones that are like paying the bills. And we're not just, we're not just, we're not just playing for each other's money anymore. You know, this isn't, this isn't really like a, how it used to be where, okay, if you win, you, you know, you're going to win, you know, a big tournament, you're going to win 500 bucks. No, now we're playing for, you know, maybe 5,000 and so on and so forth. So really we're, like I said the other day, uh, a week ago, we're, we're becoming more of like an entertainment product. You know, we're playing for, for fans that bring in sponsors that beef up the payouts that then make us players play to a higher level. Cause there's more competition for, for more of that prize money. So it's a, it's tough. It's a, it's like a, I guess it would be kind of like a double-edged sword where, you know, or who are we trying to, um, please the most? Are we trying to make it more fair for the players or are we trying to give, you know, the most entertainment value to the fans? And, um, you know, really when we, when we're talking about this, it's, it's really just that first of first round, right? Yep. It's that first round out of, you know, hopefully four or four rounds for, for an event. Um, so fans is is it okay if for that just that one round is it cool if if everything's random um you know that's that's a question that that should be asked you know maybe take a poll and see if people you know lay it out and be like okay well we've got four rounds for this event the the final three are going to be going to be the best players um but that first round we really want to make it fair for everybody so we're going to randomize all the tea times. Um, I don't know. As f- and then, I mean, you, you brought up that, that point of uh, maybe sectioning, you know, c- breaking it into sections as far as skill level and then random randomizing it from there. Um, still, I, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of a compromise, but I, I, I don't think it's, it's completely the, the right, the right compromise. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and then we'll jump back to Holly. One of the great things I guess about being host is I can talk as much as I want, um, but I'll try to keep it short. To, to AJ's That's the great point thing about being Steve Dodge, really. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> as long as you got those jokes, as long as you got those jokes, man. Keep them coming. <laughs> we'll have to tell Holly our joke later, AJ. That was a good okay. one. Okay. Um, but uh, regarding the the dividing people up by. Uh, by quartiles. Um, sure. The idea there was uh, the, the top quartile for ratings. So for example, the guys that are rated 1050 to 1010, they would be grouped in, in quartile one. And then the guys from 1010 to 980 would be quartile two and so on, on down to the guys that are rated 900 to 960. <clears throat> that would be quartile four. And then you would randomly select one person from each of those quartiles to be on each card. Okay. So the, the bottom card, the first card going off would have a, an elite player. It would have a probably a, a good regional player. It would have a, an average regional player, and it would have a potentially below average player. Mm-hmm. And that would be on that card, and in fact, on every card, all the way from, from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Okay. With, with that, so just so you guys, just so everybody here and everybody listening understands, that's what we're talking about when we divide it up into quartiles. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I'll add is, and no, we'll make this a separate thing later as the feature cards, but uh, I'm going to go to Holly now and uh, Holly, you can give us all of your thoughts on. 
fed to you. Um, I really like the way you describe that. And I think that's pretty much the setup that seems fair for everyone. And um, to AJ's point where he was discussing, are we catering to the up and coming players, the spectators, or are we catering to, you know, potential sponsors? Um, if you actually look at the payouts over the history of disc golf, it's really not that impressive. And okay, I get you said $5,000, but in reality, $5,000 outside of disc golf is not that much money. So I'm not sure that your argument for the power of the, the feature card promotion or whatever is, is really as powerful as you're trying to make it seem. No offense, that didn't come out so nice, but... Um, <laughs> But I'm just not seeing, you know, I, nobody is really seeing. We have great coverage. We've had for great coverage for two, three years now with Jomez. I mean, they're really upping the game. Um, a couple other people, Marty McFly, I loved his stuff. But, I mean, where are the big sponsors you're talking about? We're already doing the unfair super cards, and where are these giant sponsors? I don't see anybody leaping in throwing – hundreds of thousands of dollars at things. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. You do want to make the best cards with the biggest entertainment and the best shots and the best players that are sponsored and have good social media followings because that's what sponsors look for. I get that. I'm in the marketing and entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I really feel like the way Steve described the first card setup is fair across the field. And as you said, AJ, Sure. Rounds two through four are already going to be the super cards because the cream rises to the top and the players, the best are, I mean, that's just how it settles. You know, the best players usually end up playing together. So I just really think that it should be a fair shot for everyone. If we all pay the same entry fee and, and you know, we should all get a chance to be grouped with an elite, um, whether you're an MPO or an FPO, um, and get a random tea time. You know, everyone deserves that fair chance. You never know who's going to break through. Um, and everyone that attends your event, Steve, I mean, that might be their dream. This is my moment. This is my breakthrough event. If I can just get on a card with like a thousand rated player, I can shoot a thousand rated and, you know, my whole life's going to change. And sometimes that actually happens. So I just really want it to be a fair shot for everyone on all skill levels to show the best version of their self, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to, to put a fine point on that, uh, one, one thing that we're doing is uh, we, we do have feature cards mm -hmm. and we are starting to see sponsorship from outside the sport that, that is significant. Mm -hmm. Um the the national tours back when I when the Vibram Open was a national tour event, I think we were asked to add twenty five hundred dollars or so to the purse, and I think that's gone up to maybe four thousand or so. Pro mm -hmm. tour events are asked to add ten thousand five hundred. Mm -hmm. uh, it it's uh, probably about one third of the on average one third of the payout is coming from outside money. Okay. We're, what we need to do is flip that so it's two thirds and then then blow it up so it's ninety five percent. Right. And that's that's where we're headed. Um, the the number of the percentage of added cash coming from outside sponsorship is clearly growing. Mm -hmm. um, last year it was ten thousand. This year we made it ten thousand five hundred. 
I think it's important to just, even if it's incremental, I think it's important just to keep that number going up so that TDs know you, you have to keep pushing. We have to keep growing, get that extra $500 from the pizza joint down the store and let's, let's make this work. So, um, but we are seeing good sponsorship from outside the sport. Uh, we, we just got grip six belts on board. Mm -hmm. uh, we have keen on board. We have, we, Zuka is arguably now inside the sport, but before they were outside the sport. So they, they came in and recognized there was an opportunity. So, and there's a uh, silly pint is on board. There's, there's, there's lots of companies that are outside the sport that are, are coming in and, um, and we're, we're getting more and more interest. And, and these people are, are starting to come to us. Now, would you say that these are organic in growth or did you contact them and initiate a conversation? Because the way you're leading this is that your videos lured them from the outside with no prior knowledge of disc golf. They saw the videos. They were so impressed by the sport. They didn't know the players and they found you and wanted to give you their money. Is that what you're implying? Holly, how could you see this and not want to give you? <laughs> um, it, it works both ways. Um, Right now, the majority of people that are on board now came, we actively marketed them. Okay. Um, that is starting to flip with people reaching out to us. And we, we had a couple people come on board last year that reached out to us and it was, it was fantastic. Things went really well and they're on board again. Nice. Um, and that is, that's what's starting to develop more and more is people are seeing that we're building something special and they are actually coming on board. Okay. So initially last, mostly the first year and then half of the second year, I'd say it was mostly us re outreach. And now that, that ball is starting to roll the other way. Excellent. Uh, before we get into the feature card conversation and start to wrap this up, J AJ, do you have any more uh, comments? Any quick last thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, well, in, in response to, uh, to one of Holly's points earlier, Yes, we are. We are fortunate that um, the the fan slash you know sponsor entity isn't really. They're not forcing us to do anything yet. So we we're we're fortunate that you know that it's not it's not that bad. You know, it's not like we sold our script to the um, production studio, and so now we've got all these executive producers coming in and trying to change our main characters from. X to Y or whatever, you know, whatever. But, and so, so that's good. That's fortunate. I think what we're doing now is we're trying to, um, we're, we're just trying to, to please the fans with, with these super cards, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so, but I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be a good idea to keep it random and fair and, uh, you know, keep that integrity there. And then I think, my other point, I'm trying to look on like the, what is it, random.org where you can, you know, come yeah. up with random lists of, of numbers. And I'm, and I, because I want to say that as these fields, as the, you know, the fields, the open fields max out at, you know, 180, like we had last week for the Memorial. That's pretty, that's like the max that we want to have for one of these big tournaments. And as the you know the level of play gets higher and higher, those 180 players are going to range from you know a PDGA rating instead of now where it's I think it's 1052 Paul Macbeth to 853. You know maybe in a few years that that range is going to be 1052 to 952. 
And who knows, it might get up to, you know, a point where 180 players, 1052 to 1,000 even. Yeah. And at that point, you know, you're going to, you can randomize it all you want. And any one of those cards is going to be for quality players. And I think now I, I don't know, Steve, how easy this would be for you, but um, cause I'm not really, I don't know. I've never used this random.org. Um, but I'm sure you could look at the, you could go to a spreadsheet that you have of the, of the field that we just had or the field we're about to have in Waco next week and do a couple test test sequences of um, randomized cards. And it might not be, you know, it might not be four, 10, 20 plus players, but I'm sure that I'm sure you'll have plenty of cards that have at least 2000 rated players that people would, would be just fine with, with watching for free. So um, I think that, you know, making, making these cards 100% random is not going to be the end of the world for, for anybody, really. Like I said earlier, life goes on. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. I like it. I mean, I, I, am I really not the most smartest? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like. So, AJ, have, has Holly flipped you so that you are saying, let's have no feature cards and let's do 100% random? Uh. I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's fine. I'm, I'm, and I, we talked about this last week in the card that I think the way the PGA tour does it is, is great. I think that's a great example that we could, that we could go off of. Um, they, I'm pretty sure I, I haven't done my research, but I feel like what they do is they randomize things somewhat. Maybe they, they, they send, you know, they some tournaments have like past champions. Yeah, they, they send people out in twosomes, and if you go in a twosome in the morning on day one, you go in, a, in the same twosome in the afternoon on day two. I think and, uh, I think the and, first two rounds before the cut, it's it's uh, groups of three. But oh, it is okay. And, and then, then the weekend is is pairs. Yeah, and but, they also have at least eighteen, if not fifty four, cameras out on the course, and they cut to whoever's doing well. Right. Exactly. I. I It'll be it would be interesting to see if they have a feature card or a champions card on day one slash two that people can watch. I, d- I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I think I think what they do is they they pick their cards. They however they however they do it, and then they kind of kind of what I was mentioning is they randomize the cards, and then they're like, oh, here's here's a card with Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and you know maybe a not not great you know KJ Choi. Who's still, you know, he's got his whole fan club, Choice Boys. Um, you know, that's so something like that. Up, you know. We're just making up fan clubs now. No, that that is definitely not made up. Definitely not made up. Choice Boys. Uh, and what is your fan club's name? It's the Risley's Rizzerators. The, the, the I don't know. Um, I, I, think, I just want to know one thing. Everyone else I've ever known with your last name, it was always Riley. Why do you with even spelled the same? Risley. Risley, yeah. R-I-S-L-E-Y. Okay. I went to school with a few with the same spelling and they were Riley's. With an S in there? Yeah. Like okay. a silent S. That, okay, that and would so make I actually fun. called you Riley. Like I always called you AJ Riley. Nobody really? knew who I was talking about for years. I'd be like, that guy that rolls around with Terror Bear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Riley. That would okay, that 
funny quick side note um at worlds yes i, I think it was at worlds chuck connolly spike Kaiser, chuck yeah. chuckster Love him. he was calling out the the names for the tea times and he he called me aj riley Okay, well, I'm from Tennessee, and he's from the Carolinas, so maybe that's how we pronounce it down yonder, you know? <laughs> there you go. It's possible. Um, as far as my fan club, I don't know. I like uh, that was. I think I mentioned them earlier. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> nice sleep out, AJ. So I'm going to make a last pitch for feature cards. Then okay. I'll let you both rebut that if you would like. Another pitch? <laughs> I haven't talked about feature cards yet, um, but I'm going to talk about feature cards. I'll give you guys both 30 seconds to a minute to try to rebut it, and then uh, and then we'll move on. I've got a couple things I need to touch on. One thing I forgot earlier on, we're going to get to the viewership numbers from the memorial, which are just staggering. Okay. Um, but regarding feature cards, um, we did have a conversation and what we did with feature cards in 2017 was they went off at 140, 150 and two o'clock. Mm -hmm. All of the feature got, cards got, got prime location. Um, and some of the players pointed out to me, that's not necessarily fair because if you shoot well, you get to go off at two o'clock. But if sure. you don't shoot well, like if you shot start at seven, then you don't go off at two o'clock and maybe the feature cards should be spread out. And so what we've done this year is we have one feature card that goes off at 10, one that goes off at noon, and one that goes off at two. And so even if you're on a feature card, your time is not necessarily gonna be at, at the prime spot, mm -hmm. prime time. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing I'll say, uh, regard, so we've, we've, in my opinion, fixed, addressed that one unfairness problem with the feature card and the prime spots. The other side of it is, Yes, if you have uh, a Kim Choi, what was the guy's name? KJ Choi. KJ. It might be Kim. We yeah, you're right. I think he is uh, I think he's I want to say he's Korean. It might be Kim and it might be Carl Johan. It could yeah. <laughs> Who knows. So, but anyway, it could be Michael uh, Johansson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um anyway. So, uh there's a place in, in Virginia called B spelled B U E N A V I S T A. B okay. Oh gosh. How would you how would you pronounce that? B U E N A. Buena. Buna. Buna Vista? Buna Vista. I wouldn't have said Buna, no way. <laughs> well, that I was corrected quickly. So, but anyway, um, what we've found is that the players on the feature card do have a direct impact on the number of people that will watch that card. Um, sure. If Macbeth and Wysocki are on a card, more people will watch it uh, than if two people that are not named Macbeth and Wysocki are on. Yeah. Well, that's you know it's You know it's going down. Well, that's right. Yeah, but who gets more marketing than Macbeth and Wysocki? Yeah. It's kind of an unfair statement that they get the most numbers because they also get the most marketing. If you were to take Val Jenkins and give her the equivalent amount of marketing, it's likely that she could get the equivalent amount of viewers. But you don't know that because she doesn't get the equal amount of marketing. So I think I understand your statement, but I don't think it's it's really relevant, if that makes any sense. A absolutely. And AJ, do you want to have a last point on the uh, feature cards? Um. 
If you don't, it's awesome because Holly did a great segue into our next segment. Okay, I will say that um, I do I do like how you you split it up. You know, the if you have three, like you said, three feature cards um, in three slots that are pretty wide open, but you all, I think it's also important to keep those random as well. Um, you know, because you might you might have one tournament director that's that's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a feature card that goes off at eight a.m. and I don't like, and this guy's really popular, but I don't like him still. But I have no choice. I'm gonna put him in the eight o'clock feature feature group. I don't know. So it's Maybe good, but still keep it random. <laughs> so uh, that's a that's a good point, and I will go ahead and say uh, we do have uh, a system for our feature cards. Um, for example, the last feature card, the first person on it is last year's champion. That's the, the two o'clock. The noon feature card, the, the first person on it is the previous champion. And then 10 o'clock feature card, the, last per, the first person on it is the other, the next previous champion. Nice. Um, and, and then the second person on the card is a, the choice of the presenting sponsor. So at the Memorial, it was sponsored by Discraft. So they chose, uh, I think, Austin Turner, Nate Dawson, Tim Barham. Gotcha. And then the, the third person is, it uh, looks like tour points leaders or a local regional state best player or an event choice. And then the fourth person on the card, what we're trying to implement is a fan boat. And then the women, it's a, it's similar for the women, how we pick the feature card. So we're actually trying to put uh, standards on how the feature cards are picked. So like right now, everybody will, should know, uh, if you want to mark your calendar, Simon Lazat will be on the feature card at the Memorial next year. Eagle McMahon will be on the, oh, no, not, not Eagle, Paul will be on the second feature card. And I guess Jeremy Colling will be on the third because they've earned their way to those spots. So, but Holly, you did a very good job of segueing into, do you guys, am I, is it okay for me to move on? Are you guys okay? Uh, I, okay. I just marked my calendar. So yes. <laughs> Gotta love calendars. It's so easy to mark next year's stuff. Um, so great job of saying if Val Jenkins got the same promotion that Paul Macbeth did, she would get just as many people watching. And first of all, shout out to Val. Um, Hope everything's going well with you and your family and uh, all of our best wishes to you. And uh, and a thank you to Nate for stepping up and being on the commentary. But yeah. we had our fan vote, Holly. And I think that you may be happy to know that the person that got the most points in our fan vote was, in fact, a woman. Hey. Yeah. Nice. So, so we're actually going to have a woman on the man's feature card. Wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be kind of fun though don't you think it it would be fun i like to play with people in my division but it would be fun um that's a different that's a whole different contest that yeah, we can put together is. but uh i'm very excited to announce that rebecca cox got the most votes and will be on the women's feature card at waco what do you nice. what do you think of those numbers i think that's pretty incredible um and i think it should just go back to prove my point that uh, people want to see the not the most marketed players. I mean, if you read YouTube comments, what I see, um, you know, occurring over and over are people saying the same things. I love watching new people. This is so fun to see um, new players. Who are these people? I've never seen them. They're amazing. 
Um, I'm so tired of seeing the same old faces. No offense to the same old faces. You guys are amazing. But <laughs> this is just what the fans are writing on YouTube. So yeah. I think that just proves the point that people like to see fresh. They like to see new. Rebecca is, she's fresh and new. She's been playing for a long time, but she's just hitting the scene full time. She's placing really well at big events. She's getting out there. Her sponsors promoting her, you know, she's, um, posting on social media. So I think it's an obvious choice that people want to see her. She's a great golfer. She is a very beautiful person inside and out. And I mean, it just makes sense that people want to see something different. No offense to the people they watch all the time, you know? Absolutely. That's what they're writing. <laughs> and uh, I'll go ahead and say, uh, just just to close that segment out, um, Zoe Andike is not going to be coming to the um, to the Waco Charity Open. She had to drop out, and wow. so we ended up getting two women in, in on the fan vote, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. And sec second place is Sarah Hokum. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Sarah Hokum and Rebecca Cox will be on the feature card with um, last year's champion, which is Paige, and the presenting partners player. Well, I don't even know who the other person is. Uh, I, and I, I mean that I don't have that sheet in front of me, okay. but it's been posted on Facebook on mm -hmm. our Facebook page. So I'm, I'm confident it's out there and Rebecca and Sarah will be joining them. And it was, uh, and actually Seth told me that the, what, what happened uh, last week was Dutch Napier got on one of the feature cards and the yeah. way that he did it was he had, I think primarily one person who really, really, really wanted to see him on a feature card. And it's a shame because he shot the best round. He shot the hot round in round four. If he'd done that in round one, it would have been just stellar. Um, but uh, so, but one guy really wanted to see him and clicked share over 300 times and actually got banned from Facebook for a couple of days. No so, way. So, and, but he got Dutch on the thing. I think it's worth it. I, oh I, my gosh. I'd get off of Facebook for two days if I got to pick something. That's a dedicated um, fan. Absolutely. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, and then, then you avoid spoilers. It's two birds with one stone. Perfect. Exactly. No. Oh my God. So I'm going to call this the Napier effect because what, what, what happened with Rebecca is a lot of her hometown people spread the word and said, vote for Rebecca. We can make this happen. They did it and it happened. And yeah. I'm going to say kudos to Dutch and his fans yeah. for helping to make this happen. Nice. And okay. yeah. It's great. And then the other side of that, to your to your point about new faces, I've read those comments as well, and mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and so we've implemented two rules um, uh, for the fan votes. The first rule is that players can be voted fan voted into feature cards a maximum of three times per season. That's it. So it can't just be same face one, same face one, same face one all season. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that because I think I think the first the first few times this happened, I think we saw the same thing. And I think it, it happened uh, this past weekend, you know, Ricky, Simon, Eagle, Nate Sexton, right. You know, who are all four very great golfers. But then like Holly said, yeah, I think uh, someone was t telling me recently, like <clears throat> the worst YouTube comments they Simon read about himself was like, Oh my gosh, I've watched him so much. I'd rather <laughs> something expletive, something with, some bodily fluid, just like nasty stuff that 
It's like, sorry, you can't throw that far. Don't, you know, chill. Yeah. And, and awesome for Rebecca. That's, that's going to be really exciting because, because yeah, she's, she's great and she has a lot of potential. And I think, I think the fans will, will enjoy seeing that. And I think, I think we're kind of seeing something um, similar on the men's side in, uh, in Kevin Jones. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler! Oh, did I call it? Yes! Yes! You haven't, yeah. We haven't even announced it yet. Unbelievable. Nice. Awesome for Kev. Did yes. you hack into my Google Drive? No, I didn't. He, uh, we, were, we were eating breakfast today, and he said, I think I, I think I might have it. I think I might have um, the most votes for the fan, for the fan vote for Waco, and, which, is, which is great because, yeah, he's, he's, such, a, he's such a great guy. He's got, he's got amazing potential and, um, you know, very, a, very, uh, a very dynamic game even though he's sponsored by Prodiscus, but um you know he's very very exciting to watch so yeah i think that's i think that's going to be great too holly what do you think about uh what do you think about kevin jones being the number one choice on the guy's side i'm gonna say something that might hurt somebody's feelings Uh i don't know who kevin jones is oh no well wait wait probably my loss aj does that hurt your feelings um doesn't hurt my I mean, feelings. Not, not, not <laughs> directly, good. but I don't know. I think I, I feel I, f- I feel bad for for Holly a little bit because right. And you know what? Maybe that's because Kevin Jones doesn't get enough marketing. Maybe what? he's never been on lead cards. You so know, that's yes, why I don't. Except know for, and this all comes back to the same point. Yeah. What, go, AJ, do you want to tell her, or do you want me to tell her? I was gonna say, uh, Kevin and I, Kevin and I both made lead card the second round at USDGC, and so we were we were on video there. What year was uh, that? Last year. <laughs> okay. Gosh, shut up, Steve. <laughs> and which dream sequence also? Uh, oh gosh, I wish. <laughs> don't 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 watch it. Don't please just well, just don't know, watch. Don't obviously, worry. that's exactly what I'm gonna do as soon as we disconnect. YouTube, USD, she's DGC, AJ, Riley. <laughs> Riley. So uh, Kevin Jones will be on the live card at the at Waco, at the Waco. Um, and then Nate Sexton got second place, and he will be on one of the other feature cards, either 10 o'clock or noon. So nice. um, it, uh, I, I love the fact that it's uh, in both on both sides, men and women. It's basically, as Holly says, the same old, same old, and something new, something something tried and something true. Can I just segue right off the Nate comment real quick? I yeah. just want to say how much I enjoyed Nate Doss on the commentary with T Dog. That was <laughs> so good. I mean, it was just enjoyable, and I hope that he. Um, maybe considers doing it again if he's not playing because he's really good at it. And I love his insight. It's yeah much different than anyone else. You know, it's his own style. And I mean, he's always been my favorite male player since I started and I had no idea he was a great commentator as well. So it's just like, you know, up in the life game, Nate, he's just seems to be good at everything. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agreed. And I think, I think Valerie would agree as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, Nate, Nate Doss is amazing at everything. And Nate Sexton is the person that got the se- second in the fan vote, but you're playing off the name Nate. I, I understand. Um, 
but the more times we say Nate in disc golf, the better, the better our ratings. So all, <laughs> all good. Um, the other thing, I'll, we actually had two rules and about a half hour ago, I said the first rule for the fan vote. The second rule is that players cannot be fan voted into feature cards in back-to-back -back events. Okay. So for example, Seppo Payu was voted into uh, the fan, fan voted into a feature card at the Memorial. And uh, we actually had some people ask, why isn't, why aren't any Europeans available? And uh, I think uh, Simon is on a feature card already and Seppo can't be fan voted in because he was fan voted in last time. Okay. So, um, so we heard those comments, just, just like you said at the beginning, we'll wrap it all the way back around. We heard those comments, we listened to them, we digested them and we created a, a different system that took all that into account. Um, so with that, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm gonna talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about the viewership numbers for the memorial and how much they grew. And then we'll go to, uh, to Q and a and, uh, where hopefully I haven't checked the chat yet, but hopefully people have asked any questions and we'll just run through those real quick. You guys are welcome to stay or you're welcome to bail. If you have, uh, you have to redo your hair or something like that. Yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, every time I asked a girl out in high school, it seemed like they were always doing their hair. And it never, I don't know what, so it just seems like women do their hair a lot when I ask them if they want to go to dinner. Um, it's a good, good built-in excuse, I guess, sure. I've never uh, used that one myself, but okay. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate that. So Holly Finley does not have to do her hair for me. <laughs> um, so looking at the viewership numbers for the memorial, comparing uh, 2017 to 2018, um, when we look at, and I'm just gonna big, do big pictures here. I'm not gonna go round by round. Um, we had uh, the number of views increased by 23% on average. So on average for the 2017 live coverage, and this is including the Smashbox feed and our YouTube feed. Um, they were an average of about 26,500 views. Um, this year on just the Pro Tour feed, because we, we got rid of the Smashbox feed and now we're putting everybody together. We had uh, over 32,500 viewers, which is uh, a 23% increase. And uh, that, for me, that's, that's exciting. And um, what is it called when, when something happens that makes you feel like what you're doing is you're on the right path? I don't know what that word is. Uh, fulfilling? Is that? It's definitely fulfilling. Yeah. Holly, do you want to guess a word? I usually go with deja vu for that feeling. Deja vu. Okay. Every time I, uh, you know, every time I have deja vu, I feel like it's telling me I'm on the right path. So you might not be experiencing oh, deja vu. Maybe it's just a long stretched out version of it. <laughs> wow. I've never thought of deja vu that way. Yeah. Huh. AJ, is that how you viewed? Have you ever thought of deja vu as a long stretched out? Wow. I'm on the right path. Things are going as I thought. Um, I, ha I can't say that I have, I've, but yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced uh, a little bit of deja vu here and there. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. So, yeah, I'm a, I, I think I'm going to do that from now on as, you know, yeah, great outlook on, on life. Yeah. AJ, uh -huh. have you ever looked at it that way where deja vu is a long spread out thing and you see yourself as like you're on, on the right path? Huh. I don't know. I don't. 
I I don't think I've ever like looked at it that way in particular, but I've definitely experienced it before. So I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm going to look at it that way from now on. You know, kind of have a better outlook on life. <laughs> um, have you ever watched the um, Monty Python Flying Circus? They they did a deja vu sketch. It is a little it's a little too much. <laughs> kind of kind of trippy. But it's hilarious. Uh, was I, I really like the, clever what you just did there, Steve. You that was that was so clever of you. <laughs> well, that's why we write scripts. That's why. <laughs> Without scripts, I I probably would have forgot that joke if we hadn't done scripts. And I thank you for for setting that up for us. <laughs> I thought we were doing strict improv. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I emailed you the script, AJ. I did. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like when we like really met the first time. I don't think it was you that told me, but someone else told me. Yeah, Steve just improvs everything. Maybe it was me that told myself that. Maybe it was more deja vu. <laughs> I don't even know what that means by improvs everything. I mean, nobody has a script. I mean, don't we? I mean, I don't know. Except for those jokes you told me last week. Well, you take like a news reporter. She knows she's going to go on live. She's probably roughed out some bullet points she's going to touch on like you did in your email, which is kind of a rough draft of a script. But I kind of agree with AJ. Somebody told me the same thing, that Steve Dodge kind of um, improvs when he goes live. So, yeah. Like when he wakes up? I guarantee I guarantee there are other people, there are people that are more prepared. I didn't hear what you said, AJ. Uh, when she when she says Steve Dodge imp starts improvising when he goes live, I think she meant by going live that means when you wake up. <laughs> I usually I just wake up and I say activate, and then, then I begin improv right, right there. Activate. <laughs> begin. Uh, it's just understood that I'm talking about my brain. I'm, we don't have to do that. Uh, I, don't say, I don't say brain activate. My face hurts from so much laughing. <laughs> um, Jenny would be proud of me for making anybody laugh out loud. Um, so the other, we're going to go back to the viewership growth because that's where we are. Um, the other number that's really exciting is the view time growth. Uh, the amount of minutes that the average person was is watching. Uh, I remember when we did our first live broadcast of the 2000 and I think it was six MSDGC, and people watched on average nine minutes. Ah. Was painful. Um, I don't know how they watched for that long, but they did. And uh, as the broadcasts have gotten better and better, uh, people are watching longer and longer. I got probably close to two dozen emails from people that said, how good a job Smashbox and the Pro Tour are doing at making the live broadcast into quote, and I quote, something I can actually watch. Um, and nice. while it sounds kind of like an underhanded compliment, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's absolutely, uh, a, a, I, I'm glowing when I read stuff like that because that's the entire goal. We want to create a package that people can just, hit play and three hours later they've watched a story develop 
Um, one thing we're trying to do is trying to get the broadcast down to three hours. And we did that with on days three and four and our and the average viewer time went up dramatically. Um, on day one and two, we had some backups and our broadcast was longer and people didn't watch as long. So we know what we need to do. We're working to do it. And our viewership time went up uh, an average for the just for the memorial. Uh, the average last year was 32 minutes. And the average this year was 36 minutes, which is a 12 to 13 to I don't even 13 percent growth. Uh, and the really exciting thing is when you put those two things together and I don't, AJ, you're a math guy, so you under, might understand this. But the views grew by 23 percent. The view time, the average view time per person grew by 13 percent. But the total time watched, I don't know how this is possible, grew by 64 percent. Huh. So, I mean, if you take a number, this number and multiply it by 23, an extra 23 percent, and you take this number, an extra 13 percent, and then you do your multiplication, like that doesn't make any sense that it's 64 percent more minutes. But the total minutes watched at the 2017 memorial were just under 3 million, and that the 2018 memorial were over were 4.7 million, 4.7 million viewer minutes, which is a pretty big number. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know, I guess one would affect that the end result a, a lot more, you know, like viewer number of viewers and average number of minutes watched. One of those is going to affect the total number of minutes watched a bit more. I'm sure it's the average number. Um, yeah, I think but, they both would. It must yeah. it must be like compounding interest where you you're yeah. increasing one thing and then you're increasing something else and you put them both together and it increases even more than it seems like it would. Right. So so like let's say that like, OK, last year we had this is just, you know, we had five people watch for five minutes each. And this year we have 10 people watch for five minutes each. You know, we went up. Or just, we had 10 people watch for six minutes each. So we went up. I don't know what we went from 25, 25 minutes to 60, 60 minutes, the 120% growth. That's damn good. Yeah. So Although with, 10, with 10 people watching for six minutes, you're not going to get a lot of advertising dollars. No, but the, you know, you know what I mean? At, yeah. To 10 those are, stuff. those are rough numbers. Just examples. <laughs> 10 is not rough. It's an example. As you get. <laughs> Gosh. We can just route this back to the almost most smartest. Dang it, man. I'm, yeah, now I'm not the most smartest. <laughs> ah. Most smartest. So anyway, uh, the last viewership number growth number that I'll say about viewership growth is in 2017, uh, we, we had about 25% of the view, viewer minutes uh, that Jomez had. So for the same, for the memorial. Um, and in 2018, we were about 70% of the uh, the viewer minutes. There were still more people watched the the edited, but because the, the live is becoming, as the, as the email so eloquently said, something I can actually watch, um, more and more people are watching it and we're, we're closing the gap and live viewer minutes are, 
are where it's at in sports marketing. So I feel like we're on the right path. I really think that is a really <laughs> amazing backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of them in my life. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> that might have been one. <laughs> The last thing I'm going to do um, is I'm going to get the uh, the comments from the live feed, and we will just run through these comments. And if you comment after this moment, I apologize because I'm probably not going to see your comment. So next I'm time, guess that half of the questions are from my dad asking me if I like practice today. <laughs> uh, well, the first comment is from your mom, and it says, "Hi, AJ." Oh. Hi, and, hi, mom. Uh, and the first comment is from your mom. It says, hi, AJ. <laughs> um, yes, I did it. Hi, mom. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Whoa. Hi. Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and Henrik Stenson tomorrow on the PGA. They are definitely stacked. There you go. Um, so, so like, so we, so it'd be nice to know how did they come up with that? Which of that, which event is that? That's like, uh, is that, are they in like Puerto Rico or something? Because I feel like last week they were in Mexico and I think this week is another international event. Anyways. The only, the only PGA event I know of and I've ever heard of is the Buick Open and I don't think it exists anymore. No, that was at Torrey Pines actually. And that turned into the Farmers Insurance Open. A little San Diego shout out. Oddly enough, I wonder if they wrecked the Buick and Farmers had to insure it and now- That's hilarious. Look at that. Okay. So um, Stephen V says, I'm going to guess this is directed to you, Holly. When, uh, when I think when we were talking about uh, how people get to be on feature cards and why people are popular, uh, Stephen V says they'll get more marketing when they win. Um, so that's, that's how people get to be popular is by winning. Holly, do you want to comment on that real quick? Um. Well, obviously, we all know that's the case, that you become more popular when you win a big tournament. So thank it you. It doesn't hurt. Obvious. But no, um, you know, a lot of people aren't winning tournaments and they're still being marketed equivalent to top players that are winning tournaments across major manufacturers. So um, also, there are a lot of people that do self-marketing and are really good at it. I used to do a lot of self-marketing. I don't do so much anymore, but I used to be all over Facebook posting like five times a day. Look at me. Look at me disc golfing. Look at me disc golfing in Africa. Um, but I didn't make it on any feature cards because I was self-promoting. So um, I think it's, you know... Yeah, of course, you're going to be more popular if you win, but I think it also helps if uh, sponsors promote their players, you know, like uh, Grip Bags, for example, um, they have Eagle and Simon, but they um, they have some other players that don't win all the time that get like top five, top 10, and they mention them fairly often, you know, they do specials with their names for coupons off and things like that. So I think it just comes down to the sponsor's promoting you or you promoting yourself and, you know, just building your own fan base. So. And, and winning is a good way to do that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you don't have to win to be popular. 
That's hundred percent right. right. And Nico, for example, he isn't winning much these days, but he's still one of the most popular people on tour. Um, obviously he did a lot of winning back in the day, but it's this whole persona, you know, it's like this Nico persona that people love and uh, they love to talk about it and discuss it. And he is one of the most discussed players on the scene. Yeah, and he has no sponsor. Nobody's marketing him. Right. Maybe one of the most popular. So. A absolutely. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great point. And it's, it, it points out that there's definitely more than one route to becoming yeah. somebody that people want to watch. Rebecca Cox is now somebody that people want to watch and are going to watch. Kevin Jones is now somebody that people want to watch and will watch. In both of those cases, they were predominantly uh, nominated by their local fan base. So if there's a player that you want to see that is playing in a pro tour event, get your locals out there. You've, every, everywhere in the world has a, a disc golf club and all of these players came from one of these clubs. And that club can get the word out and, and they can get their man or woman on the, uh, on the feature card. And Stu Rock says that Kevin Jones is a crusher it's also his first year touring, so I doubt it is marketing. Stu, you're incorrect. It is local, passionate marketing that made that happen. So, well, I shouldn't say Stu's incorrect because that's the that's mean to say. Right, Stu is correct about Kevin Jones crushing. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely correct about that. There you go. Thank you. That was a good save, AJ. Um, so I'll sh I'll shut up and just enjoy myself. Oh no, that's the next comment. Please don't. Um, so, oh, San Francisco Open went ahead and Ooh. pointed out that registration for the San Francisco Open starts tonight for touring pros. So, AJ, you're a touring pro. You know the touring pro code. And uh, you can go there if you're a touring pro and you're watching this. I'm surprised. And you can go. The, the, just to clarify, the touring pro co code is... <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, cool one has asked of AJ if you can see this wink three times with your right eye <laughs> and I'm but I'm guessing you didn't see that so yeah I heard it sorry sorry um, someone has put on their tinfoil hat so that we don't mind control them um, could you make could you just make cards based on tour points? That's one one comment that somebody has asked here. Um, I'm gonna Holly and AJ are both nodding their head yes no. vigorously. Oh no, I'm shrugging. Definitely, I, get, a I no. get confused which way the head goes. <laughs> so they're both saying no to that. But to the dude's point, um, we do have consideration for tour points as like the person who is leading tour points should always be on one of the feature cards just based on our algorithm right um i i would not want to just make the tour make the feature cards based on tour points because again to holly's point then you would just get same old same old right and right. that is that is not the goal we have to have fresh blood we need new names this we're, we're basically basically think of this as a gigantic show that you are watching every other week and um the the players are the characters of the show and to keep things fresh and interesting, you have to introduce someone new. You have to bring a Joel Freeman on board and say, or a Kevin Jones or a Rebecca Cox, 
and say, these are other characters. And later on in the show, they're going to be doing great things. So Joel, yeah, what was it like? What a great example. Wow. He really put on a show for everyone. So yeah. Yeah. Go. I didn't know who Joel Freeman was before all of that, but now I do and I'll never forget. So what? You never heard of Joel Freeman? I haven't. No. no, that's yeah, that's not. Once again, <laughs> um, I'm happy to say that uh, Joel Freeman, I think at the GBO, uh, came to the flying the festival of the flying discs, and uh, and I was aware vaguely of who he was, and he didn't have anybody there with him, so I went and played every one of the games against him. <laughs> and, uh, it came down to the MPH challenge. He was beating me three to two, and I I don't remember who won that. I think we all know who won, Steve. <laughs> what? You, you don't have to brag anymore. It's okay. <laughs> I will not brag about my 50 mile an hour throw. Um, someone... I, I mean, but you, you make it, you make a great point about, uh, about, cause like I was trying to say earlier, this is kind of a, a, a big show that we're putting on for people. Um, and so, yeah, in, introducing new characters is great. And my, my example was going to be uh Banya from uh, Seinfeld. Banya. Yeah. I think I think that was his name. Pretty sure. Anyways, I got nothing on that. <laughs> We're gonna leave the Banya comment. Uh, so Dan Harbeck says the the coverage, the live coverage was great. Um, Andrew Clausen says more people watching for longer makes sense. I'm hoping that he's saying that our compounded interest, sixty four percent growth, makes sense. It's possible I have a bad. Uh, I'm gonna before we post a graphic, I'm gonna double check that those numbers. Um, has anybody ever played with a dinner plate? I did earlier tonight. Um, I just sort of spun it around. It wasn't. Um, yeah, I've never tossed one into a basket. No, me either. How about a paper plate? Like a frizz? Yeah. 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 Sure. We've all done that. <laughs> um, your average doesn't necessarily affect your total. I think. So we have a long math conversation that we should have here. As we should. Um, and Andrew Clausen says small numbers are easier to work with. So potentially, uh, maybe the right thing to do there is to have less viewers. And then. I can't wait to see how you, uh, how you go, go about implementing that. <laughs> Terry and Johnny would say that I'm definitely going to, will able to come up with something. <laughs> they they'd probably tell you that just just let me let me get on that commentary mic and <laughs> I, I want to say um i'm i really appreciate holly saying that nate did a great job on the commentary i think will schustrick did a great job on the commentary at the tour championship as well and uh i i was actually talking to nate because i'd heard a lot of really positive comments and i said to him Nate, thank you very much for sharing your insight. People are loving what you're saying on this on the on the live broadcast, and uh, and I made a joke. I did a little improv with him, where I said it's it's almost like you're able to put yourself in their shoes, like almost like you've been a great champion and known what it's like to have an important shot. Mm. Um, and and he laughed and he said Valerie told him you know what it's like. So. <laughs> yes. 
You know what I think is the most amazing thing about Nate Doss that maybe a lot of people don't know? He was working full time, 40 plus hours a week when he won world championships. He wasn't out on tour like these people living out of a van down by the river. He was working an office job and going into the office, practicing when he could, and he just made himself a champion through hard work and determination. I mean, that just proves that anybody in any field can still have a job and be the best. You know, people always say, I hear them say like, well, if I could practice eight hours a day, I would be elite level too. Well, Nate Doss is elite level and he was able to do it without playing eight hours a day. So, I mean, I just Some of us do practice that much and... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just think he's such a great representative of the sport all around, you know? A hundred percent agree. And and same with Will, who did a great job at the Tour Championship. Um, I haven't heard that commentary yet. I'll have to check that out. Please do. Please do. Uh, Pro Tour channel, just check out, go to Tour Championship. The final round is a very exciting round. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it and tell you that Ricky beat Paul in the final hole, but it's it's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not going to spoil it and tell you okay. that Ricky beat Paul in the final I hole. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but overall, it's it's a fantastic round. James Conrad comes out really strong, and there's basically five guys. Do you know how the Tour Championship works, Holly? Yeah, I looked at the format that you had awesome. set up last year. Yeah, so five guys start at zero, and 18 holes, winner takes – the first, not all the money, but winner takes first. Um, I'm going to close by saying that at Waco, if you're anywhere near Waco, come on out Friday night and Saturday to watch the finals. But Friday night is the party out on the bridge. Uh, they have the one of the oldest suspension bridges in America, and uh, Ryan and team rent it out, and we actually have a huge party on the suspension bridge. We will have prizes. We will have festival games. There will be pros signing discs, selling discs. There will be vendors galore. There will be music. And it is, in my opinion, it was the best players party on tour last year. It's part of the reason these guys were tournament directors of the year. The Waco uh, is in its 20th or 21st year. This is an event you'll want to watch. And if you're anywhere near, you'll want to come stay. So that one, that one was fun. Are we going to, do we get to throw uh, tortillas Oh yeah, onto that pillar again, onto that pylon. Is that a pylon? It's something like it's like a pylon or a pillar of part of the another bridge. I don't even know. Pillar part. That was fun. Yeah. Um, Holly, are you going to be able to make it down to Waco? No, I've actually never golfed in Texas. What? You know me, Steve. I like the super wooded courses, and I've heard that there's a lot of really open, windy holes, and I don't like windy, open stuff. So. Yeah, you probably won't see me down there, but you'll find me at Vibram and Idlewild and other very wooded events. If it's windy open stuff, I've got to like put this thing in a dread. Otherwise, I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, You you wear a hat, though. It'll be like a propeller, get to twirling, and you'll just lift right off. (laughs) Wear a hat. No, it'll be like a wind sock. It's a wind tuft. Win tough. I'm gonna have. Can can you be my like third caddy? One <laughs> one to carry my bag, another to carry my water, and then just you there to tell me which way the wind's blowing. The wind is blowing. It is blowing towards the pro tour, baby. 
can I reserve you for round two? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I will say, uh, maybe this is a good trivia question, but I'll let the cat out of the bag. I have, during a Pro Tour event, caddied for a player for two holes. Hmm. You guys want to guess which player it was? Wow. Well, will you tell Kevin me the Pro Tour event? It was at... It was at a tour event that doesn't exist anymore. It's called the Vibram Open. Oh, I'm going to go for Nate Doss. <laughs> Good guess. Now, you got to bear in mind, this person would have to be silly enough to let me caddy for them because the entire time I was berating them with ridiculous comments. Oh. Was it me? Is this, is this another deja vu thing? It was not you. It was Devin Owens. Okay. Oh. He's the one person that I have caddied for on tour. I caddied two holes and said, I apologize. I need to get back. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fun character. He it's really is. Great to see him out on the scene. You yeah. Know, one of the best lefties out there. So I'm sure that he would like to be called one of the best lefties. <laughs> I, I think, I, is Kevin Jones a lefty? No. Okay. So... Sure. Uh, I'll close with a very fun story that happened at wherever we just were, the Memorial. The The day after the tournament, we we're cleaning up the course and uh, I might've been a little overheated, but uh, a guy came up and said, Hey Steve. And it, you know, he looked like a, a pretty good local disc golfer and I didn't know who he was. And I said, Hey, uh, I apologize. I don't, I don't remember your name. And it said, he said, Steve, it's, it's me, Grady, Grady shoe. <laughs> and I said, oh, hey, Grady. Great to see you. And it was genuinely embarrassing. Um, but, you know, I was, you know, I, maybe I was smacked out. I don't know what was going on. But, uh, and then another guy shows up. You should probably edit that part out when you do the. Wait, the heroin hit? Yeah, yeah. We'll edit that out, right? <laughs> You're yeah, editing this yeah. tonight, right? Okay. So, but then another guy shows up and it says, hey, Steve. And I look at him and I say, uh, it was it was deja vu. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't know your name. And he said, it's me, Kevin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and he had gotten a haircut, so I, I genuinely didn't recognize him. But after he said his name, I recognized him. And, uh, and I said, oh, my gosh, you guys, all of you walked up, and I just didn't think I knew any of you, and I, I know two of you. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> and I looked to my left, and the third guy in the card was Nick Masters who's just leaning on a basket, laughing his butt off. He's just saying, Steve, you are ridiculous. How do you? And so uh, we got a very nice picture of them. It's on my Facebook page. And those three guys, I, I expect not to forget them again. <laughs> so Holly, thank you very much for being a part of this. And there you go. The guns. Bring I'm, trying, I'm trying to like, I think, I don't know. You can't really tell. You definitely had a, had a tan there. You guys, you guys had some weak farmer's tans, man. Gosh. I was more impressed with the guns. I mean, so, but Holly, thank you for coming on and sharing your insights and your thoughts on uh, how we should do tea times. I'm going to say that I'm going to be confident that we didn't settle it, but uh, I'm more in the camp of randomization uh, for the purposes of fairness and for the purposes of encouraging lower rated players to give it a try because they know they'll have an opportunity to play with an elite player. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so thank you very much for coming aboard. And, 
I don't know if you were trying to get rid of the feature card, but that did not happen. No, absolutely not. Everybody okay. loves a feature card. We all like fairness as well. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It was fun and I smiled so much. My face is aching, which is always a good thing. So it's <laughs> <laughs> great. And, uh, and AJ, thank you very much for uh, coming on board and telling us that how more smarter you are and uh, that your parents let you uh, let you be who you wanted to be, and that's what helped you become who you are, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, like I said before, hi, Mom. <laughs> and, uh, and for me, Steve Dodge, I say thank you to everybody for watching. Uh, throw them straight and have fun. <laughs> <laughs>